0: Probably only the magician Merlin knew that his pupil, the Wart, to rhyme with art, would one day be the great King Arthur. For six years Merlin was the boy's tutor, and the Wart learned all manner of useful things, such as what it is like to be a fish, or a hawk, or a butcher. Then the King Pendragon died without in a hair. King Pellinore arrived at the court with an extraordinary story of a sword stuck in an anvil attached to a stone, written in this sword. In gold letters were the words, Whoso pulleth out the sword of the stone and anvil is rightwise the king born of all England. The last person anyone expected to pull the sword out the sword was the wart. but then he had had Merlin as his tutor for six years. Hi, welcome back to Books Are Back. I'm Ursula.
1: And I'm Catherine. I'm Ursula's mum.
0: Today we will be reading The Sword and the Stone by T.H. White. Well, it's a bit of a spoiler, that blurb, is it not? Yeah, kind of. Except for the fact that, you know, this doesn't happen until there are less than two pages left in the
1: bloody book. Well, should we put a language warning on <laughs> this episode of Mr. Bag? I will keep the language down. Okay. Well. I chose this book, Ursula, because I remember reading it when I was small which is the case with all the books on Books Are Pack. For the foreseeable future, but not always. Mysterious. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) what I remember about The Sword and Stone is I remember that it's about teaching and learning. and
0: Transforming into random animals of Merlin's choice?
1: Yes. So that's, to, to me, it's all about Merlin and there's a beautiful picture of Merlin's study on this paperback that I think is my one and you know he's so cool and he's got all these cool things to learn about in his study stuffed animals and astrolabes and he's got some kind of alchemical sort of equipment but the education of Arthur seems to be possibly is it just about learning about nature and things. There, There
0: is history, I think, sometimes. I think they
1: do take, you know, the occasional history lessons, if anybody can really be bothered to do a history lesson. And Merlin turns Arthur into animals so that he can learn what they know. Now, I can't remember any of the important lessons that he learnt from any particular animals, really, but I do remember... That when he was a fish, he was swimming about in the moat of the castle where he lived, and he looked up at the surface of the water, and there was some kind of visual effect as he looked out of the water. As he looked up, there was a sort of a rainbow effect, or or an iridescent effect, something. And I always think about that every time I'm in water. I always think if I, if I looked up, would I see this? And I saw the sun. Would it be a would it be a rainbow, like, when the wart was in the moat at the castle? So that Well, oh, for me s- it wouldn't, because my, you know, swimming goggles are unfortunately tinted blue. Ah. And so th- this
0: causes a real problem for me. Every time I get out of the swimming pool and lift my goggles up, if I've been in the water for a long time, I go, someone paint the walls pink and look like a real idiot. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my pink sensors are automatically activated. Because you've
1: lost the blue. Yeah. So... It doesn't seem like a really important lesson that I remember from the, from the story. You know what? But it obviously made an impact. What were you going to say?
0: Uh, once he goes, he becomes in a snake, and he gets told two snake stories. One is about kind of nature and who can win if it's the big animal who's wise or the small but feisty animal who works in a team. Oh right, but okay. not the who, but
1: who's not very clever. But do the animals have? Meaningful lessons, like not just what it's like to fly, but but lessons about how to live your life.
0: Yeah, they they do, they do.
1: Yeah. So to me, that's mainly what I can remember about it. I do remember a little bit about life in the castle, and he lives in this castle, doesn't he? With a knight and the knight's son, Son. and, and he's a foster child. The wart is a kind of adopted foster guardian. He's been taken in yeah. by the family. And I think there's a kind of a status issue for him there. He's not quite... So Kay, who is his brother, yeah. in theory,
0: uh, will become a knight and Mort will have to become his um, squire.
1: Right. Okay. He can't become a knight. Yeah, so there's a kind of status thing there, which obviously, once he pulls Sword Out Stone... It's completely turned upside down in his head. It's, it's going to be um... Um, this is the one thing
0: I don't like about this book. It keeps on referring to him as the Wart, rather than just Wart. The Wart said... And so, the Wart thought for a moment, and then said to Merlin, rather than... Wart then thought for a second, and said to Merlin. Okay. Why don't don't you like it? I don't know, I just feel like as we become accustomed to the characters, we should maybe... So, like, you you would start maybe... A Harry Potter, but then by the end of each book, we kind of get into Harry or Hag. Right. That kind of thing. Okay. Yeah.
1: I feel like we should progress. We should get more friendly with the characters. Okay. I think that I thought that it was like his nickname.
0: Yeah, his nickname is The, 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 the wart. wart. But I think Kay mostly calls him, hey, Wart, come over here. Oh, does he? Rather right. than, hey, The Wart, come
1: over here. Right. Okay. Fair enough. There's some stuff I remember about people in the castle who live there. There's a a child who lives with the dogs, is that right? Yeah, the dog boy. Um, And there's a falconer and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't remember much. I'm sure there are adventures outside the castle. I don't remember No, Mum. They
0: just always stay inside the castle and sit around on it. Yes, yes. They they leave the castle quite often.
1: I heard you talking about Robin Hood when you were reading it. Robin Hood. Robin Wood. Okay. Was he basically <laughs> Robin Hood?
0: Yes, he, he's literally Robin Hood. <laughs> but I, I think it would be illegal at the time the book was written to still be calling someone Robin Hood. Why? Because I don't think the copyright would have been left off by then.
1: Oh, no, I think. No, I think Robin Hood's an old, old story, mm. so that would be okay. It's probably not even actually copyrighted. Probably not. Maybe... T.H. White had some point he wanted to make by calling him
0: Wood. I don't think... or well, maybe, but I, everyone else is just called Little John Made Marion. That kind of thing, so... Okay. Maybe he just wanted to make the character's own. Is that a good book? It's an amazing book. I like it a lot.
1: You can see I've bookmarked some stuff for us to look at. Oh, yes. Now, what part? What parts have you picked out? Just interesting, funny ba- passages. Oh, well, here's a little picture. What's this picture of <laughs> different kinds of hat? <laughs> so Merlin says
0: to, I think it's his owl. No. It's It's one of his enchanted objects. Go and bring me my, the hat that I wore in 1987 or something. Because he's living backwards. So he was born, say, now. Okay. And is going to die. Say this book's set in the 1600s. He's going to die in the 1400s. Okay. If that makes sense. hmm uh huh. And so he said, Bring me the hat that I wore in eighteen seventy six and no, that was the one I wore to the king's birthday in forty five. That is the one I went to I wore to King to Queen Elizabeth's coronation. That is, wouldn't it be easier to say? Just bring me my magician's hat. <laughs> so it's just kind of listing all the different and hats it's actually little
1: pictures that of they the hat brought it looks like it's probably the only it's picture, the only picture, only movie, picture in the whole little, entire book must be just a wee diagram of the author to himself you were telling me about a funny passage about the weather can yeah. you find that?
0: it's talking about like lots of different things from old, en- old England okay. these marvels were great and comfortable ones but in the old England there was a greater still THE WEATHER BEHAVED ITSELF! In the spring, all the little flowers came out obediently in the the meads, and the dew sparkled, and the birds sang. In the summer, it was beautifully hot for no less than four months, and if it did rain just enough for agricultural purposes, they managed to arrange it so that it only rained while you were in bed. In the autumn, the leaves flamed and rattled before the west winds, tempering their sad dew with glory. And in the winter, which was confined by statute to two months, the snow lay evenly, three feet thick, but never turned to slush. Fantastic! Mm-hmm.
1: And that, that it is how weather is supposed to be. Well, that really made you when you were reading that. You were like, "Hey, listen to this!" That really made you smile. In a complete breach of protocol. I suppose that's true. <laughs> um, but no, it's nice when you're reading to share a passage with someone. So is it quite humorous? Yeah. Is it exciting?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's not an exciting book. The bits, like, the, it's almost like reading a comic strip. Something like, I don't know, Charlie Brown. You wouldn't class it as an exciting comic strip. Yeah. But each of the kind of arcs, like story arcs, mm-hmm. are very exciting. Okay. It's kind of that. And then there are kind of transition bits like that, which are just kind of describing the the weather or the the boy who lives with the dog. Okay. um, And is it magical? Is there a lot of magic in it? The only magic is really Merlin turning him into animals. It's not like, you know, there's kind of a tingling in the air or anything. Okay. Um, did you like the character of Merlin? I did. I thought it was really cool. He was really differently written by, like, than, than any of the other books that we, that I've read him in.
1: Okay. So what? What? What other? What do you mean by other books you've read him in?
0: I think I've read him in something else. But um, the only one I can remember right now is I'm reading a series of books, which I would highly recommend. This isn't sponsored, but I would highly recommend them. It's called The School for Good mm-hmm. and he is the advisor to King King Arthur and then King Arthur's son, who's the second, the third main character.
1: Okay, cool. And so what's the differences between the two Merlins?
0: Um, This Merlin, very wise, very concealed, very old, very tired, really relies on his pet owl, um, very, you know, kind of doesn't let much on. This Merlin, who might be based a bit more maybe on the movie Merlin,
1: Okay, so this is, like, the Merlin School for Good and Evil. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, He's more kind of... He's still mysterious and keeps everything quite close to his chest, but he would be more able to, you know, jump on a horse and go and kill someone or something than this Merlin. So is is he basically just younger? Yeah, he's well No, he's older, (laughs) but he's a more athletic kind of young... How do I say this? Because I think they're the same age. They're both, you know, hundreds of years old. Yeah. But they're not... But he's, like, more athletic. Yeah. If that makes sense. Okay. Like he, He's younger in how he looks and how
1: he feels, but not in his actual number. Okay, fair enough. I was thinking, when you were talking about different Merlins about... Do you remember we had that conversation where we were talking at cross-purposes? Because you said you'd maybe seen the film mm-hmm. of The Sword and Stone yeah. with me, and I said I'd never seen it. And you said, but you must remember. And it turned out you were talking about the kid who would be king. Yeah. Now the Merlin in that, he's very he's pretty young. Yeah, it's pretty open as well. I mean he's pretty able to just say, Oh, and by the way, he might want to pick a shield tomorrow. And he <laughs> and he I love his magic. The magic he does. He does this sort of stuff with his hands, really quick movements with his hands. Yeah, I think he like teaches someone else and then he uses it to like
0: bring the coins out of the gaming machine and then they'd like take it to like an armour shop. Like yeah. and they they put like these huge like little like their towels and stuff of because it's I think it's set in England no. Of pennies and they go, how much will this buy us? And yes, these are all pennies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So I I think it's quite an interesting sort of theme is which I've been looking at when I've been trying to find out about T. H. White is this idea, you know there are legends there's a legend of yeah. King Arthur.-huh And how do we know, what, you know what's the actual legend? because different, there's different tellings that gets kind of caught up and this is what I would have thought as the legend of King Arthur. Well, this is as kind like of the
0: proper one.
1: Yeah, and, well, this is <clears> kind of thought of as being a sort of a very a base, beautiful retelling, yeah. It's a it's a retelling. I'll shall I shall I cut into a bit of thy?
0: Can I ask a question first? Is the real legend of King Arthur this like? Does does it go into this much of like everyday life and stuff, or does it really have him meets King um, King Pellinor, and who's fight working for the trying to find the questing beast? Goes home, meets Merlin, brings Merlin home, meets Robin Wood. Brings Robin Wood home, goes to a jousting competition, comes home, wins. Well, no, goes to a competition, accidentally pulls a sword out out of a stone and becomes king of England. That's legend done.
1: I think the legend is there was a king, Pendragon, who had a son, who, when he was a baby, was taken from him by the magician Merlin. And when he died... No one knew who was the heir to be the King of England. And Merlin appeared and said, Are you all trying to pull the sword from the stone? I've got a guy. <laughs> and that was Arthur. <laughs> so um, T.H. White had studied a book um, written by somebody called Thomas Mallory, which is I'll go and look Thomas Mallory up after we've recorded this. Well it's a fifteenth century book. Great, so I'm not gonna be able to understand any of it. Okay, in which Thomas Mallory writes the legends of King Arthur. And as far as I can work out, when he wrote them down, they had been folklore for several hundred years. So what before it's, what, it's that. Yeah, so what, So they're how they're, how they're older Tardin? than than the fifteenth century. Um, but he wrote them down, and that was a very popular book. And Is that's what people really work off? Yes, I think, uh, to, to a great extent. And then T.H. White was studying this at, at university, and he decided, so wh- what he called The Sword and Stone was, he said it's a kind of a prequel, you know, because it tells you about what happened between yeah, the like, time that Merlin like, kidnapped the baby. Which he's not told of. From Pendragon. But Merlin's not evil. Yes, I'm not very sure exactly what the purpose of (laughs) taking the baby away was. But anyway, um, to educate him, maybe. Yeah, maybe. It's a prequel that tells you what happened. Between the kidnapping and Uh, the pulling of the stone. I I have to tell you something. Uh Uh-huh. I've been a little bit disingenuous. What?
0: What? You know I said? I don't remember much. Before you do anything, (laughs) what does disingenuous mean? Covering up the truth
1: somehow. Oh, come on. You know how I said I didn't remember much yes. about the book? Yes, yes well, I do. You know you were saying you were going to read it until you got to the book where the sword was pulled out of stone.
0: Yes, which you know unfortunately is literally the last page of the book. I kind of knew
1: that. Because <laughs> and prequel. you didn't tell me? Because it is, in fact, meant to be this kind of prequel. Cool. And I do remember it ending with, you know... It's discovery that he is, he is the king. And the other thing is, of course, that you may not know. Famously, there are sequels. T.H. White wrote more. You told me. And he wrote uh, four books and they made up a set. Are and
0: they called The Once and Future King?
1: Yes, make up. The, the, the set together is called The Once and Future King. And I didn't go on to read it. Um, I had a friend who did go on to read it. And I've had some difficulty trying to work out. Actually, whether they're intended to be children's books, at all. I didn't see any language in that one. No, but they they go on to talk about you know the Knights of the Round Table and the relationships between Lancelot and Guinevere and Arthur. Ah, yes, I know about
0: them from the School of Geneva. Doesn't Lancelot eventually like run off with Guinevere, who's Arthur's wife?
1: And yeah, I think that there's a I think there's a bit of a love triangle as we call it in the fiction trade. They're not there. they're
0: not an actual triangle, it's an arrow. It should, you've got a <laughs> love arrow. Because if if it was a love triangle, then C would have to love A as well. Yes, exactly, right. cuz A loves B and B loves C. Mm. So for it, then that's an arrow. So for it to be a triangle,
1: C's got to love A, a. as well. Okay, so <laughs> um that is T.H. white. He was basically not... He doesn't have an amazing backstory like other people. He wasn't a scientist or a soldier or anything. What he was, was he was a writer. He um, was born in India and he had... uh, To an an Anglo-Indian family. He had a very unhappy childhood. His parents were not happily married. And he was not, I don't think, well cared for by them and he came to England um, to be educated and when he left university having written this thesis about Thomas Mallory's book he became a school teacher for a while. Do you know he taught? I think he taught English and then he was living, it was a boarding school, it was one of the big English public schools, I think it was Stowe. He was living near the school in a cottage in the woods, and he became very interested in things like hunting and falconry and fishing and nature and all those kinds of things. Transforming himself into fish. It's all those kinds of things appear <laughs> in the in the in the stories. And eventually and he was writing and eventually he just retreated to this cottage and he wasn't a teacher anymore and he was a writer. And he was very successful. He wrote all kinds of things. He wrote detective stories and science fiction mm-hmm. and all these books for children and adults. And The Sword and Stone was published in 1938, and it was, it, it was immediately a success, and Walt Disney optioned it. They bought the rights for it straight away, and they've made a cartoon of it. And I think we're now clear that neither of us have seen that no, <laughs> right. cartoon. And then after the books had all been published, apparently by the time he got to The Once and Future King being published as a sort of a single bound volume, he had changed the story of The Sword and the Stone a lot. And I thought we could maybe try to work out whether this was the original or whether it was the the first quarter of the whole thing by me asking you this question. Mm -hmm. Does Merlin turn... The war into an ant or a goose in this book. Don't think so. So I think that is—is mm, well, is it an either-or question? No, uh, uh, it's by the time it gets into the the combined volume, there's yeah. there's an ant episode and a goose episode in those. To, to teach what life episode, it's always better to fly in a triangle. So always better fun. I imagine you could learn a lot from ants. <laughs> Don't Um, ants have quite a sort of... What, leafcutter ants do? An interesting structured society.
0: Leafcutter ants can carry, you know, like seven times their body weight. Yeah. Which is quite cool.
1: Can I become an ant? I wouldn't have thought so, not without a bit of magic. Why? So no (laughs) memory of an ant episode. So I think this must be the story as it was originally published, Mm -hmm. first of all. And the other thing I wanted to tell you about T.H. White and his role in the history of british fantasy literature is i've discovered also i can't find the original quote but it's well reported that jk rowling has said that the wart is harry potter's spiritual ancestor
0: what is a
1: spiritual ancestor like he's he's the wizard that came before basically and i okay I just wondered what you thought about that, if you saw any similarities in their stories.
0: They're kind of unha
1: No, they wouldn't. I'm not gonna
0: try and make any similarity bridges. I don't. Are there any other
1: characters in the Harry Potter book that might be? Oh, Merlin is a Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Merlin fishing, I is literally fish- a Dumbledore. I was fishing for that answer. <laughs> I think, would we more say that Dumbledore is a Merlin? No, Merlin is a Dumbledore. But but surely
0: Dumbledore comes Ah. after Merlin. Fine, fine, we'll please you that way. You know, Merlin was born before Dumbledore. Therefore, Merlin is a Dumbledore. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, yes, okay, Dumbledore is a Merlin. So they're both kind of teachers. Yeah, who literally refuse to tell anyone anything at all, which could be of any (laughs) use whatsoever in the history of the world. They've never said anything whatsoever that's anything useful. So
1: (laughs) they've got this pedagogical technique of kind of trying to draw the child out rather than actually telling them. Just saying, yeah, this is what you need to
0: do. Oh, and by the way, take this, this and this, and you might want to tell B and 9 to come with you, but don't take C. They'll say the fish always swims at midnight.
1: (laughs) And the child (laughs) has to just work it out. Yeah. I thought that, I thought, so they're both teachers, they've both got this particular (laughs) teaching method, and they've both got these very important pupils. Yeah. I was reading about there was, when J.K. Rowling's work began to take off, there were a few copyright type claims, kind of buzzing about. It was people saying, "Oh, she stole my idea, she stole my story," and there's a well, I think she was she must have been dead by
0: then, but um, Ursula Lee Guin would have had that claim because she wrote a story about an orphaned boy wizard who battles great evil in his first year at school. Do you know what is that? The Wizard
1: of Earthsea. I've got absolutely no idea. I've read that. I don't think it's very similar at all. However, what I was going to tell you about was Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. who, um. Around at that time, people started asking him if he felt that. What did he write? He well, he wrote a story. I've got this interview. Why do I feel like we're getting really badly off topic? I've got this interview um, that he gave to a magazine called January. Um, Was it only published in January? Where people were saying to him, "You know, are you are you involved in this?" And he says, "I had a character called Tim Hunter." in a book called Books of Magic. And he was a small, dark-haired boy with big round spectacles, a 12-year-old English boy who has the potential to be the most powerful wizard in the world. And he has got a little barn owl. And people were saying to Neil Gaiman, well, do you you not think that that, um, J.K. Rowling has stolen this character? And he was saying, well, I don't think so, because... If she'd stolen it, she wouldn't have given Harry Potter brown spectacles and an owl. <laughs> she'd have given him like, you know, a hearing Swiss. aid and a lizard or something. Yeah. Um but what he said eventually as he was pressed on this was, Look, I think it's all pretty obvious. Basically what's happened here is we've both stolen this from T H Y. Yeah. It, we
0: both had you know. You've both been looking through great literature and gone, that's a good idea. Let's just check back through the copyright. <laughs> yes,
1: we can steal that now. So I, like thought, that. I thought that was quite interesting. And again, on that theme of great legends being reworked and characters reappearing. Mm-hmm.
0: On characters being very different, I want to talk a bit about Maid Marian. Oh, Yes. I think she's a much better influence than any other Maid Marian I've ever met. Okay,
1: so how does T. H. White write about her? He writes about her as
0: so. At one point, when when they meet Robin, Wood, Kay, and Ward, they're going to go off with them to go and meet to go and kill these people who've been living in the woods. They've got like animal parts they're really strange or something like that, and they're just going to kill them all. And Robin splits them all into. A eight groups, gives each one a leader, much the miller's son, himself, Friar Tuck, Little John, and so on and so on. And Marion's one of those leaders. And she's just, she's such a better role model than this little pretty princess who's been stuck up in a castle who old little Robin Hood came to rescue. She's literally, Oi, Robin, give me your sword. Or... And she can shoot just as well as anyone else.
1: So she's actually with the the yeah. band of outlaws. she is
0: a merry man. Well, a merry woman. A merry woman. <laughs> and he never tells us, but
1: I'm pretty sure she's wearing trousers of stuff. Yeah, okay, cool. Oh, I'm glad she caught, your, she caught your imagination. Inspiring women of tomorrow! Except she was written a couple of centuries ago. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I just, the, all of those episodes seem to have just slipped from my... From my memory. On the topic of which, have you got a quiz? Yes, I do.
0: Right, we go. There is one question here that we will get sued for if you do not answer, because I've told you the answer in this episode. Okay. Okay. First question.
1: Yeah.
0: How many years did King Arthur have Merlin as his tutor? Six. Good. For you. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't the question. Oh. (laughs) It was, it was, it was. (laughs) Um, So Robin says that they need to be practicing with Marion's bows because to shoot with another man's bow is like cutting with another man's... Knife? Sickle.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's easy to borrow someone's knife, but (laughs) your sickle's personal. (laughs)
0: Right. Okay. And then at one point he gets turned into a hawk, and um, and he goes and he has to pass three questions like the trials
1: to get in and be accepted in those hawk race. I remember this. So he's not like a wild hawk. He's turned yeah. into like one of the hawks that that are Sir Hector keeps in his castle for yeah, heaven. and like you see, and they bang me on their gloves. And it's all kind of trying to bring them back. It's quite scary. This episode. It's quite. The other hawks are quite threatening, isn't it? Yeah. Right, sorry, so what's the question? Sorry, (laughs) Sorry, I I have just remembered this stuff. Right, okay, so I think the third
0: question is, what do you have that a sparrow does not? This is the most important part of your body.
1: Is it my gripping claws?
0: Any of these answers would be acceptable. Claws, talons, or feet. Feet is the answer that he gives. Right. Um, and then, do you want a bonus point, which isn't actually written down? Okay. Which is also in the trials. Yeah. If you were fighting a pigeon much bigger than yourself, what would you do? Get higher than it? Yeah. Come down with my grippy claws? Why? I would strangle him with my claws, right.
1: said the wart. Interesting. Did you know that t H White wrote a book about falconry? did he He did so, so do you remember I said he went to live in this cottage in the woods? Yeah. He wrote a book called The Hawk that was about t- trying to train a hawk from first principles and um I've read it It's a very strange book it's about it's about kind of a battle of wills between him and the hawk as he tries to make it into a a hunting tool rather than a wild hawk and basically as far as I can remember he, he does that by just trying to stay awake longer than the hawk and he goes a bit crazy and the hawk goes a bit mental too but because of that I've always been very interested in you know, when you go to see bird of prey exhibitions and things and it, it's interesting that I do remember that that scary part it becoming a bird isn't about how cool it is to fly it's about how scary it is and that in that um, falconer's yeah. share, does not it? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I think it took you quite a well while to get into it, did it? Yeah. I
0: think the starch just kind of slow, but I think it definitely picks up. Excellent.
1: I've picked a simpler book for the next episode. Yes. I have brought Ooh. the Spy's Guidebook. Ooh. I will investigate whether this even has an author. The cover says the Osborne Spies Guidebook. Mm-hmm. It says illustrated by Colin King. Maybe you can do some. I'll do some research. Searching to Colin King. I love this book. I think I love it too. Read it, and we'll talk about it next time on Books, <laughs> Books are, back. are Back. Bye. Thanks for listening.